Let us pray. Our Father and our God, it is with joy and thanksgiving that we come before you this morning. We want to thank you for all that you have done. Thank you for the price that was paid at Calvary for our salvation. Thank you, Lord, that we can enter into the presence of our Heavenly Father, not because we're righteous, because we're not but because of what you accomplished on the cross on our behalf. You took our place. You took our sin. And this morning we want to say thank you. Thank you for your precious blood that was shed to make atonement for our sin. We know that sin has always separated man from God. And we know that sin is an outrage to you. And yet, Lord, this morning we can come because of the sacrifice offered on our behalf on Calvary. And, Lord, we lift up our hearts in thanksgiving and in praise and in worship and in adoration. For you have done for us what no other person on the face of the earth could ever do. You have removed our sin. And Lord, we want to praise you this morning for all of that. Thank you, Lord, for that day in our experience. Maybe for some of us many, many years ago, that day when we came to the cross of Calvary and discovered forgiveness and cleansing and renewing. And thank you that we are here today not because we are good people, but because we are redeemed by the precious blood of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, we pray that in this time of worship and praise and thanksgiving, that you would take from our minds every thought that would disturb or distract everything that would turn us aside from listening to your word. O Lord, tune our hearts to listen. Tune our minds to hear your voice coming through clearly to us, through what we sing, what we read, what is shared. Lord, bless your word to us this morning, we ask, in the precious and in the worthy and in the lovely name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Our reading this morning comes again from the book of Jonah. Not the easiest book in the Bible to find, but you'll find it. Jonah chapter 2. You'll remember last week that we talked about the consequences of disobedience. If we disobey, then we suffer. And I mentioned what happens if you drive through a red light. What happens if you drive through a red light and a policeman sees you? You're in trouble. There are consequences for disobedience. God called Jonah. Jonah ran away from God. And the end of verse chapter 1, it says, And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. 
And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Then he prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish, saying, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me, Out of the belly of Sheol, or hell, I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight, yet I shall look again upon your holy temple. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped about my head. At the roots of the mountains I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer came to you into your holy temple. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. Amen. Thanks be to God for his holy word. Let's pray, shall we? Our Father, we thank you that we have been able to read your holy and inspired word. Thank you, Lord, that your word speaks to us. Thank you, Lord, that as we read your word, we hear your voice speaking to us sometimes so clearly. And we thank you, Lord, that your word is a living word. Thank you, Lord, that your word is an inspired word. Thank you that your word is a holy word. And Father, we thank you that we have your word complete in our own language. Some of us can look at it in English or in Gaelic or in numerous other languages and we thank you Lord for this ability that you give to us but we thank you Lord it exists in our English language and Father we pray that you would give each one of us an insatiable desire to read your word daily as we enjoy our meals daily Lord, may we enjoy reading your word, digging into it, allowing it to dig into us. And Father, we pray that we would be the better people because of hearing your voice. Father, we want to thank you that you know us through and through. Thank you, Lord, that there isn't a thought that enters into our minds, but that you know it completely. And Father, we thank you that you know our problems, our difficulties, the things that we are not able to contend with or overcome. You know our weaknesses, Lord. And Father, we thank you this morning that as we come to you, we come to our loving Heavenly Father. 
And we want to thank you that you know us through and through and you love us through and through. And Father, this morning we pray that you would take from our minds anything that would disturb our listening to your word. Father, we pray that your word would speak, that your word would touch our hearts, that your word would minister to us, that you would keep us from allowing our minds to wander all over the place. Help us, Lord, to remember that we are in your presence. And Father, we pray that our attention would be caught up 100% with listening to your voice. And Father, we would remember your servant who stands in this pulpit week after week. And we pray for him and his wife and for Anna and Grace and Lois. And we pray for them, for your blessing to be upon them, your encouragement to be with them. You would be ministering into their lives, particularly into David's life, that he would be refreshed and encouraged and uplifted and that he would would come back in the fullness of time, in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel. Bless them, Lord, and encourage them, we pray. And Father, we would remember any in the congregation this morning who are sad through bereavement, through illness, through whatever affliction comes their way. And we pray, Lord, that your grace would be sufficient for them. And Father, I want particularly to pray for this people group that I've never heard of before, the Sokotrans who live in the Middle East between the UAE and the Yemen, where temperatures regularly reach 40 degrees, where your word does not exist in their language. And Father, I want to pray for the Sokotri people that there would be someone with linguistic ability who would go and who would begin a translation of your word into the Sokotri language so that these people who have never, ever heard of you would have the opportunity of hearing of a God who loves them of a saviour who died on the cross to redeem them from their sin. Lord, call someone to do that work and we pray that they would be called soon. And so our Father, we, thinking of them, can think of so many other people groups around the world. Lord, will you minister into those people groups, we pray, and may your word touch hearts and move people, we pray. And Lord, we just ask now that you would give us attentive thoughts, attentive hearts, as we sing your praise, and as we listen to your word. Father, may your word speak to and minister to our hearts, because we ask it in the precious name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Father, we pray that you would Open our hearts and open our minds. Open our understanding and help us, Lord, to take in your word 
what you want to say to us today. Help us to understand, we ask, in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to speak this morning about Jonah. You'll remember that last week we left him in a very precarious position. Well, he's still in that position. He hasn't got out yet. He's stuck inside this fish and nobody knows where he is. The sailors threw him overboard eh, from the boat. He was swallowed by this great sea creature, I'm going to say, because there's controversy about what kind of creature it was. I am not going into that. But it was a very large fish with a very big mouth and the ability to swallow a human whole and not hurt him in the slightest. And Jodah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. And he was there because he had disobeyed God. I mentioned that there are consequences for disobedience, and there are. And Jonah is inside the fish because he did not do what God told him to do. And it is wrong to disobey God. And if and when we do that, there are consequences. And Jonah discovered there inside that sea creature something of the consequences. And he realized that he was wrong. Fleeing away from God's call did not remove him from God's call. God's call remained the same. And Jonah had run away from God's call. Have you ever done that? Have you ever disobeyed something that God said to you? Let me say it's dangerous to do that because there are consequences for doing that sort of thing. And you can look through your Bible and you'll see references here and there where people disobeyed God and there were consequences. And for us, there are consequences as well if I disobey God. He called out to God there in his hopeless situation where he could do nothing. He was a prisoner. Nobody knew where he was, bar God. He could do nothing about getting out. And there in that situation, he called out. He says in verse 2, Out of the belly of hell I cried, and you heard my voice. I believe that there is no situation anywhere in this world where God can't hear you. Whatever situation you have landed yourself in, if you cry out to God, God will hear you. I have no doubt 
whatsoever about that. And in that totally alien environment, this dear man of God, let's remember, he was a man of God. He was a Christian. He was a prophet. He knew the Lord. But he had disobeyed the Lord, and now he's paying the consequences. In his distress, he called out to God. Notice Jonah's call for help. From the depths of the grave, he called. Jonah, according to a good number of the commentators, Jonah was as good as dead. Wow. But he was still alive, fully alive, remarkably alive. And yet, in the situation that he was in, he was as good as dead. He could not get out of that fish. If it had been possible to get out, where would he be? He could be hundreds of feet under the sea. His situation wasn't difficult. It was impossible. Totally impossible. But you know, our God is the God of the impossible. God is able. No matter what situation you might have got yourself into, God can get you out of it if you ask him. Notice what I added at the end. If You ask him. God answers prayer. But if we don't pray, if we don't call out to God, is God going to hear us? I ask that as a question that I'm not even going to attempt to answer. We call out to God in many desperate situations that couldn't be more desperate than this one that Jonah found himself in. But if we call out to God, he will hear us. What does he say? Call unto me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things. Call unto me and I will answer. But what we have got to do is call. It's not difficult. It's not difficult to call on God. God is waiting to hear our cry. Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Jonah, deep down in the depths, in a hopeless situation, and yet God was with him. God never deserted him. Jonah had been disobedient. Jonah had turned away from God. Jonah had rejected what God had said to him. Let's notice Jonah's repentance. Inside the fish, he repented. What a place. What a place of utter impossibility for man. In that impossible situation, this man repented. 
He called out to God. Out of the belly of hell I cried and you heard my voice. And he said, yet I shall look again unto your holy temple. That's a reference back to the temple, to the to the tent of meeting, if you like, which was a symbol of God's presence. And Jonah was calling on God. And in the midst of that situation of disobedience, God listened to him. Was Jonah disqualified because of his disobedience? No, he wasn't. Because he repented and he turned back. But the onus was on Jonah to repent. There in that impossible situation, inside the fish, Jonah realized, I'm finished. Oh, my friends, when you come to that place, that's when God can use you. When you're finished, God begins. God can pick you up. God can use you. Look at the lives of missionaries all over the world. Pastors who stand in pulpits. Men and women who have realized that of themselves they can do nothing. That is when God can pick them up and do something with them. If we think that we can do it on our own, we can't. If we can do it on our own, tell me, why did Jesus come? Because we can't do it on our own. No man on the face of the earth can rid himself of his sin. Nobody. And Jonah, inside the belly of the fish realized that. And he repented and he asked for forgiveness. God had commissioned him to go to a very wicked city, Nineveh. That's why he ran away, because he was frightened. Nineveh, the Ninevites, were the arch enemies of the Jews. So when he got a call from God to go to a people that he didn't like, a people who didn't like him, he was frightened. That's understandable. He was frightened. Fear is not a sin. But if we allow fear to bind us, then fear becomes something very, very different. And can hold us back from God's purposes for us. This dear man stuck inside this fish. And he discovered, despite his disobedience, that God's commission still stood. God hadn't changed his mind. God wasn't going to change his mind. God had called him. And that was the end of it. There would not be another call giving him a different, easier to fulfill commission. No, what he was given stood. When God speaks, 
His word is forever. When God speaks to you, the thing that you need to do, the thing that I need to do, is first of all to listen. To understand what God is saying. And then to say, Lord, here am I. Send me. Now you might begin to wonder then, how is this man going to get out of this situation? How is this man going to be delivered? He couldn't say to the fish, let me out. There was no way to do that. But who made the fish? Hmm? Who made the fish? The one who made the fish could communicate with the fish. And God said to that fish, spit him out onto the beach. Verse verse 10, the Lord spoke to the fish. Does that surprise you that God speaks to other levels of his creation other than human beings? God spoke to the fish. And the fish did exactly what God told it. Now the fish wasn't wrong. The fish thought Jonah was just a nice titbit for tea. The fish was happy to swallow Jonah. Of course, why wouldn't the fish be happy? But then the Lord spoke to the fish, verse 10. And it vomited him up onto dry land. I said that Jonah was helpless. Inside that fish, he could do nothing for himself. And God brought him up from that dreadful pit that he was in. And his disobedience gave way to obedience. That is what God loves in our lives. Obedience, doing what God tells you to do. How does God speak to people? Well, he can speak in many different ways. I was brought to faith through a horrific accident. God spoke to me through that accident. And I came to faith in Christ. God can speak to you through other people. Often, someone can say something to you and you're brought up short and you wonder, wow, how did he know that? God can speak to you through his word. If you read it, I'm almost tempted to ask a question, but I must remember where I am, and I shouldn't. But I was going to ask, but I'm not going to ask, <laughs> that everyone who read the Bible this morning put their hands up, but don't. That's between God and you, not you and me. But my friends, 
It's more important to read God's word than to eat your breakfast. Now, I enjoyed my breakfast. Someone very kindly gave us egg cups. Didn't have egg cups in the manse. And we were able to have them without scalding our hands like we did the previous Lord's Day. But thank you to to that person, whoever you are. Much, much appreciated. God's deliverance to Jonah came and the fish vomited him out and Jonah was free. Jonah was free from the fish but he was not free from God's commission. God's commission still stood and God willing, if we're spared, we'll look at that next week. God spoke to the fish the the fish spat him out onto the beach. Salvation comes from the Lord. And as I was preparing this morning, I went back 72 years when I was in primary school. And we had a fabulous teacher. She was hard. She was very hard, but she was good. And every morning, before lessons started, she read from a book that probably most of you know, and it wasn't the Bible. What book would it be if it wasn't the Bible? P.P.? Thank you. Pilgrim's Progress. And she was telling the story this morning of Christian who came on the celestial pathway and up in front of him he saw a cross and the closer he got to the cross the cross seemed to get bigger and bigger excuse me I often get a frog in my throat and uh, as Christian was approaching the cross he had a big bag on his back but there was a very funny thing about the bag. It had, it didn't have straps. It had, oh, I don't know what you would call it, rope. I'm going to call it rope, tying it onto him. And there was no way to undo the rope. There was no buckles. There was no way of releasing the bag and getting it off his back. And he came to the cross. And an utterly amazing thing happened. Do you remember what happened? The bag fell off of its own accord. He didn't fiddle around with the ropes that were holding it on. The bag fell off. The ropes holding it broke asunder. And the last picture in one of the books that I saw was of the bag rolling down the hill into a big dark cave. And Christian saw his sin no more. It was removed from him as far as the east is from the west. And he was forgiven. He was made a new person in Christ. Why? Because he came to the cross. My friend, have you come to the cross? 
Have you in your lifetime experience, whether you're young, middle-aged or old, and some might be even older than I am, but have you come to the cross? Because if you haven't, you still don't know Jesus. Because that's where you meet Jesus, at the cross. And how do you come to the cross? You acknowledge before God that you are a sinner. You acknowledge before God that you have done so much that is wrong in your life. And sin stands between God and you as a barrier which you cannot remove. Only God can remove it. Have you asked him to remove it? I did 65 years ago. What a difference it made. What a difference. I became a new person in Christ. That's what happens when your sin is removed. Christians' sin was taken away. God commends his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And in closing, Ephesians 2 verse 8 says, By grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. What do you do with a gift? You stretch out your hands and you accept it. And I challenge you, if you have never done that, I challenge you to do it this morning. Reach out. Ask God to forgive you, to deal with your sin, to take it away, to make you a new person in Christ. And my friend, he will do it. Even if you're on holiday on a bike from the borders, he will do it. Believe me, boys, he will. But you have to ask. You have to ask, Lord, please forgive me for my sin. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we Thank you for the wonderful, wonderful message of the Bible that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but should have everlasting life. O oh Lord, wing that word home this morning to any in this gathering who still don't know you and help them to know, Lord, that you love them very, very much indeed. And we give you our thanks for your word this morning in the precious name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And now may the blessing of God which makes rich and adds no sorrow with it, go with you now and always. Amen. <laughs>